This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... It's 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. One step closer to my own personal health. This is Primetime on Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. We expect the best. We're not afraid to break someone. Do you hear me? Primetime is your source for the best in local, regional, and national sports. Go ahead and clap. Mediocrity deserves applause. Isaac Rob, I'm miserable. I had to get up at 10 o'clock this morning. Jason Sikanet. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Primetime on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. It is hour three of primetime. No Rop today. He is still in Sin City, hopefully making a little bit of money. He will be back tomorrow, but today you get me, Buck. That is Souk over there. Will Ortner. Uh, I don't have the drops today. I was looking for them, and it appears I need like some sort of software update or something. Oh, so It happens. So Will's going to be manning that once we get to the club. Um, but for now, uh, we move forward, been through uh, some of the NBA All-Star stuff, as well as uh, the talk of... Youth Academies, you can catch all of that from the first couple hours over on our podcast stream, anywhere you find podcasts. We're also streaming live on YouTube. You can subscribe at 1080 The Fan for that. A um, couple things that we have coming up. I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback carousel in the NFL as we may get our, be getting our first domino yeah. to fall here. And then uh, additionally, some fun stuff coming up in the club. I We might even have too much, which is never a bad thing, but may go a little uh, dealer's choice here. <laughs> I'll, I'll plant a couple seeds and even the text line can weigh in what they want to hear about. Um, how far is too far? When it goes to an Airbnb host uh, collecting money they, they believe they're owed. Okay. Uh, what illicit activities had a Northern California library shut down? A <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fatal shooting over a barbecue pit and uh, an only hunt related uh, or only fans related manhunt in Russia. So those, those are our options uh, coming up a little bit Suddenly later. Just a bounty of things to get through. We were talking <laughs> earlier about the youth sport thing, and I just, my kids are old and. I'm happy to be through raising my kids. That's, there's a lot of fun and joy I got from raising my kids. Uh, the one thing I, I am I am really happy about is that I don't have to go through any of the youth sports stuff. I, yeah. I, I know a lot of people, because you got young kids, mm-hmm. and uh, even when I was raising my kids, like that was the, the rise of it has started to happen. Uh, luckily, none of my kids were really into sports. I may have something to do with that. <laughs> but I'm just I'm just happy that I don't, have to deal with any of that like yeah. I, I think about what i would have been like and maybe i would have been different because it would have a different time i just think about i was a high achieving athlete i just think about what that would have been like to be raised in that world and and, and as knowing myself i i just i want nothing to do with it mm-hmm. i want my kids to have nothing to do with it i just don't see any aspect of you sports and 
that I think is a, is a positive anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I you, think at the base levels it is, but it's once you start adding all these layers of trying to be elite and like you said, the traveling teams and the paying to get to get exposure and things like that. It's like it takes the fun out of it. Like the whole idea of youth sports is like teaches you about life and teamwork and like and you're out there doing something and you're making friends and like that's what youth sports is supposed to be. And, and it's, it's just it's gone it, in a different direction. And that's why I wonder, like, of all the good lessons that you get, because I, I did, I learned a lot from sports and look, it, it took me to places in my life and I'm very fortunate for it. But I think I'm the exception. Obviously, I, I made it fairly far and even that, even me, like I didn't do anything with it. Yeah, you know, it helped me get this job. But it's like. I made it to the NFL, but I didn't make any money. I had my cup of coffee for two years, and it booted me out. And I just think about all the the negatives that go along with it now, and I just I, I really do wonder if if I was raising my kids now, where I would side with the how much of this is positive and how much is this is is not worth. It. Like we talked to Joey Harrington about this a lot mm-hmm. too, and oh, his, I, kids are, his kids are pretty competitive soccer players. Yeah, I just think it's it's getting harder and harder, and for for parents, at least it would be for me mm-hmm. to make that determination of of where's the line between what's healthy and appropriate, and and the benefits outweighing the negatives and, and vice versa. And my wife and I have already had this conversation a little bit, just having young kids, and you know our kids aren't of the age yet, but she's like. Listen, I don't want to be that family that's driving three and four hours out of town to play four games every weekend or whatever. Like that's your if, whole life. If, if our kid wants to play sports, great. Like he can play on his high school team, and we can like you know do the summer league that's like down the street at our local school or whatever. But you know, if if we get to a point where one of my kids is a decent enough athlete that they say, "Hey, Dad, I want to pursue this further," fine. But we're not. We're, I'm not going to be signing him up for the elite level things and dragging him all over the state and the Northwest region to do it. Yeah. But uh, we are a little bit up against it now. Uh, it's time for the Victor Rico's Hot 5 at 5. Oh. Hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, golly, I'm hot today. And hot air. It's time for the Hot 5 at 5. That's hot. The Hot 5 at 5 on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot 5 at 5 with Isaac and Sue. Brought to you on the fan by Victorico's Mexican Food, the most popular burrito spot in Oregon. Online at victoricos.com. Number 5. Well, a little bit of good news, or at least a little bit of justice out of Kansas City today as we learned that there have been a couple arrests made in the shooting from the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. They arrest two adults on murder charges, and then there are also the two juveniles who are being held, I believe, on weapons charges. So sounds like the adults were the ones shooting at each other. They handed the, the, the guns off to the kids, had the kids take off, and tried to have the kids take the blame because obviously yep. they'd face lesser charges. One of those kids, by the way, if you've seen the video, he, yeah. got, he got shot in the face. Yeah, like in the lower, like the jaw. His jaw's gone. And it's, but um, have you seen why it started? Uh, I didn't see why it started, yeah, no. According to court documents now, it started because someone looked at someone else. Wonderful. That's two groups of people, and someone was looking at someone else. They didn't like the way they were looking at them. Someone Did said, they know him from beforehand? Like. That's yeah. at least this was from uh, I saw it on Pro Football Talk. I guess the, the court documents have been filed, and that's where it started. Someone was looking at someone else, and the Number other person four. didn't like it. Well, that's terrible. But we do get justice, and uh, and I'd heard a, an account from one of the people that tackled one of the shooters saying beforehand that they seemed like it seems like something fishy was going on with adults before it came to the kids. So that that at least all adds up. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was adults putting kids in a bad position. It sounds like. Um, we do have a uh, change to the structure of the college football playoff. This was, we thought this was coming. The writing was on the wall. We're getting a, a conference dissolved, but the the format will be a five and seven. That means the five conference winners will all get an automatic bid to the playoff. 
the top four ranked of those five conference winners will get the first round bye, and then your other seven will be the top ranked teams outside of those conference winners. Basically what happens is you chop the Pac-12. Yes. So the four Power Five conferences and then one of the other group of five will we'll get the an, top other group of the five, top yeah. other group of five and then everything else will be in and the, the only hold up to this is they need a unanimous vote and the pack two was holding this up they pro they put their proposal out there there was pushback on it they ultimately couldn't hold anyone hostage and, and so here we are also if you've seen there's some uh, saber rattling going on between the big uh 10 and the sec because they're trying to negotiate beyond 2026 uh-huh. and they're basically threatening everyone else to either get on board with what they want or they'll go take their ball and go do their own thing. Yeah, we'll we'll try to make a little bit of time for this uh, at the back end of this hour, but that is interesting. The potential for Big Ten SEC to basically say, if you you don't pay us a bigger share of this whole playoff money, we'll go do our own thing with the best teams in the country. They're threatening without threatening. Wink, wink, Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Number three, NBA All-Star festivities over the weekend. Minimal Blazer representation. uh, Scoot Henderson in the Rising Stars game, but we did see former Blazer, Dame Lillard, uh, basically defend his crown in the three-point and then go on to win All-Star Game MVP. Yeah, one on the last shot in the uh, uh, in the three-point contest, and a lot of people are hoping that maybe this uh, that spurs him on. It's, it's been a, a bit of a rough go this year for, for Leonard and the Bucks. And he, he's been pretty candid about this. I think it's been a rough year for him personally, personally yeah. off the court. He's, he's struggling, being away from his family and the new city and all that. And you can tell that he is not. Uh, this has not been a seamless transition. Uh, MLB to PDX or MLB to NSH or SLC. Uh, Jeff Passan reporting that it seems inevitable that there will be expansion in Major League Baseball, not just relocation, but that Nashville and Salt Lake City are likely the top two candidates for that relocation. Yeah, we know they're going to put one in the in the East. Nashville is all but done. Yep. And then it sounds like it was it's between Salt Lake and us. And unfortunately, it, it, it sure feels like Salt Lake has a has a giant leg up, and that we used to be in the lead, and then Salt Lake leaped us, and, and now we have to play catch up. And can we? I don't know. I don't know that you're going to necessarily compete with Salt Lake at this point, but there's also there. It feels like there's always rumblings and unhappy franchises. Now there's a, a little bit coming out of Arizona that they might not be able to get a stadium done there, and their owner, threatening without threatening, says, "Well, you know." We'd love to get it done here, but if we can't, I'm sure someone would love to have us. And so there's teams like that, teams like Tampa. Even the A's haven't quite settled things in Vegas yet, so we'll see. And uh, Todd Lewicki up in Seattle uh, was on a radio show on Monday and um, basically said, hey, uh, don't be surprised if an NBA team is coming sooner than later. He's making a lot of hints that the Supersonics could be back uh, sooner than later. Okay. We talked about NBA expansion. Yeah. And obviously he would be no, he's the ones trying to bring it there. So, uh some pretty bold statements that he made to uh, Softy up there on KJR in Seattle about the at least an announcement um, coming in, in, a, in a relatively short time. So more expansion news. And your number one when uh, non-social media news turns into news, Justin Fields unfollows the Chicago Bears on Instagram. He begins following Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Sounds like. And now the Vegas odds have him as a minus money, minus 130 favorite to be the next starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, we know this is the big domino to fall in the NFL draft. Will they or won't they? And they were playing it pretty close to the uh, the chess, but it sure feels like at this point that everyone and their mother believes that Justin Fields will be playing somewhere else. Uh, Chicago is going to try to continue to play this close to their vest to try to drive up the price. You know, Pittsburgh involved in this. Uh, could Denver be involved in this? Could Atlanta be involved in this? Uh, my guess is they probably get a second, maybe a conditional one, uh, depending on how he plays. And then it looks like Caleb Williams 
everything you're hearing is Caleb Williams goes one and Justin Fields plays somewhere else, but we shall see. The Hot Five at Five is brought to you by Victorico's Mexican Food, home of the most popular burrito in Oregon. You can visit them at victoricos.com. Coming up next, I want to talk about that quarterback carousel. It appears that we do have that first domino. Who needs a QB? Who's available? What does the landscape look like? And uh, is there anything that we can possibly predict out of it? It feels like the gears are about to start turning. That's coming up next on Primetime on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back to Prime Time at the tail end of the hot five at five there, getting into uh, some sports news. And I, I am still, I guess, Souk, taken aback a little bit when the thing that leads or breaks the news is the passive-aggressive unfollowing of a franchise. Yeah, <laughs> the the fact the, that, like, that's the new signal yeah, that's that, the that, news. that stuff's about to go down. 100%. And it's then, so strange. It, it really is. Like the, But we're, we're living in a world of social media uh, where these kids... Right, the I get it. Athletes, it just feels weird. They were raised on Yeah, you see it all the time. And my favorite is, like, when... And then they, they, they get mad when people... Like they unfollow and they erase all forms of the team, and then someone asks them about it, and then they get all butthurt. I call that the LeBron. Yeah. They get all pissed that someone asks them about it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, By so the you way, you removed all mentions of your team. I don't know what you're talking about. By the way, did you see the LeBron Q and A over the weekend when no. he was when he was asked about if next year is your final season? Do you think you'll have one of those farewell tours? Oh, I, I and he said, you know, I've never really been about getting the that much attention. I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Yeah, I Do saw, you believe that for a second? I didn't see the uh, the clip, but I saw the quote. <laughs> yeah, he said he wasn't certain because he wasn't comfortable with the attention. Right. You chosen one tattooed on your back, dumbass. 
God, if someone breathes on you, you fall down for 10 minutes. Like, and I love LeBron. Like, LeBron's amazing. I'm not a LeBron hater, but my God, you yeah. don't like attention? Okay. Uh-huh. Well, anyhow, we'll, uh, we'll we'll kick it back over to the NFL, but we have the unfollowing of the Chicago Bears from Justin Fields, and now all signs are pointing to the Georgia boy going back home, at least uh, to the area that he grew up in, to be the quarterback of his of the franchise he grew up rooting for. Uh, interestingly, someone pointed out on the text line last week when uh, this was first, there were first rumblings of either Fields or maybe Russell Wilson going to Pittsburgh, sure. that uh, how welcoming would Georgia or would Atlanta be of Fields who left the University of Georgia? But I think if he can play QB in the NFL, they'll be just fine. No one cares. Of course I mean, not. For, you, think, you think Falcon fans are going to care if Justin Fields goes down there and actually can get the ball to Drake London or Pitts? And that's not the real story here. The real story is what, what happens in the quarterback landscape of the NFL? Because now it seems like we probably have our first two moves. Yeah. We see Fields to the Falcons, which is the signal that it's also going to be Kayla Williams to the Bears. Yeah, and so then the, the dominoes can start going off that because it's there are I mean you think about it we we still need a landing spot obviously because there's lots of quarterback questions right so with the fields one answered what happens with Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. does you know I'm assuming Tampa um is going to keep him and pay him obviously you can you know the franchise tag and all that but they're going to do Antonio Winfield so he's not going to be franchise tagged so what does Baker get I'm assuming that Tampa can't do any better than that and they're going to bring him back uh Arizona with a decision on Kyler Murray Kirk Cousins um uh, who's the other one uh Tannehill I mean there's a couple other guys that that are kind of up in the air Uh uh-huh but you look at, at at the top of the draft, if we're going to assume that Caleb Williams goes one, well, one, two, and three will probably be quarterbacks. Because mm-hmm. you look at Washington and you look at New England, yep. that you're probably going to get Drake May or uh, Jaden Daniels. I've seen a lot of Jaden Daniels to Washington. Sure. And then you're sitting there at Arizona at four. Do you get a run? Because Arizona more than likely doesn't get rid of Kyler Murray. It sounds like they want to see if Kyler can do this. Well, and Kyler, just the, the dead cap hit on him yeah. would be enormous. And then the Chargers don't need one. Right. And then you get to the Giants. What do they do with Daniel Jones? And then you get to Tennessee, and they've got Tana, or they've got Will Levis. You yep. think that they're going to give Levis a little bit of time. And right. then you get to Atlanta, who probably has Justin Fields, and then Chicago, and then the Jets that doesn't need a quarterback. So this is where it gets interesting is is there's probably five first-round quarterbacks if you're going to take Knicks and you're going to take uh, Penix, mm-hmm. right? So if we go one, two, three quarterback – there's a lot of potential there for for trades at that point if you see some people that that feel the need to want to move up or do one of those teams land more of a, a, a again a veteran quarterback a cousins a, a cousins and is or he is he the best out there in your opinion of the guys who are available potentially as a free agent I would assume so I mean if, if Baker if Baker's out there Baker doesn't have the injury history doesn't sound like two is going to go anywhere in Miami yep. they're going to hold on to him um, but I'm interested to see too about what they get paid. Like what is like Baker Mayfield had a good year. He did, and and Tua had a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Jones gets forty three million dollars. Yeah. I would assume it starts there. And I like Baker, and I like Cousins, and I like Tua. What I don't like him at is forty eight million bucks. And if Daniel Jones is sitting there at forty three, like I would love Baker Mayfield, and I would love Tua, and I would love Cousins at thirty to thirty five. Mm-hmm. Do they take thirty thirty five? Is there a market out there for them? At forty, that's what I I didn't understand about the uh, the Daniel Jones thing. Who is giving Daniel Jones forty million dollars? They bid against themselves on that one. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, it, it's 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 very confusing to me. Uh, oh, and we forgot to mention Russell Wilson's out there too. That Russ is going to end up somewhere as well. So uh, does does this mean Russ Pittsburgh? 
that seems to make sense because that I, seems like a fit. If 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 Fields to Pittsburgh because that was kind of one that people were pushing, but now obviously Atlanta is is now people are like oh Atlanta Atlanta Atlanta. If that if if that doesn't work out, um, then Fields to Pittsburgh's in play. But if it does, then yeah, it makes sense. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to go ahead with Kenny Pickett, I, and and I don't think Pittsburgh is in the market to go. Um, to go to go young, right? You know, I, I don't think if you're Pittsburgh because they draft like twentieth. Yeah, you could make the argument that Penix or Knicks would be there at twenty. Um, you'd probably feel better about moving up in the draft. You willing to d- move up and get draft capital? Yeah, up to draft Penix or, or Knicks. McCarthy because, maybe. Yeah, McCarthy's another. Yeah, one he's a guy I've seen thrown out there even in the top half of the draft. Mel Kuyper had him in his top ten. I saw him at eight to the Falcons. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's a ballsy move because I would my, not want him to be my franchise QB. Well, I just he. He's one of those guys that you're just you're betting on that he played in a system that held him back, and that when that that he'll blossom at the next level. I just better think, hope. I think he would be harder to evaluate than just about any of yeah. those other quarterbacks. Yeah, you could get six first round quarterbacks. So if you're Pittsburgh, are you willing to roll the dice and go young, or do you roll the dice on on Russ? But yeah, it feels like the 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 if if Fields goes, uh, Baker, Russ, uh, and Cousins would be the three veteran guys if if Mayfield yep. can't work something out with Tampa that are all those are I mean Russ eh, you see what he has left in the tank but Mayfield and Cousins especially Cousins coming off a bad injury when healthy every one of those guys is a top 14 15 quarterback in the league right in there yep so for a team like Pittsburgh it would it would make a lot of sense and then the other thing I saw that I'm curious if you agree with because I obviously New England needs a quarterback and I can't I wish I could give it credit to whoever it was but the analyst was here was evaluating New England and their draft spot saying that New England as a franchise right now is a whole lot closer to Carolina than they are to Houston as far as like needing a quarterback in last year's draft yes. uh, and that, that their roster may not be ready for a rookie quarterback because they might not have, not have the pieces yet is it possible that they may try to go with a vet and if so does that you know allow one of those top quarterbacks to, to, to fall down the rankings and I, w- I was just interested in the if, the if, person was kind of saying that New England's not New England anymore they, it, they don't have the cupboards kind of bare and it's not it doesn't have the aura like they, they need more than just the QB well if you are if you're New England, you have to make it, and, and this is where you just never know what's happening inside an organization. Because you can make a strong case that if I'm Gerard Mayo, I'm the new coach, I go to Robert Kraft. And remember, uh, they did this with San Francisco when they hired Shanahan and Lynch. Mm-hmm. They gave them like five-year deals and yep. were like, hey, man, this is you're going to get some runway here. Mm-hmm. If I'm Mayo and, and you're willing to do this, you go to Kraft and be like, hey, you're committed to me, right? We're not, we're not doing this one-and-done Raheem Morris crap. Right, I'm here, and I don't think Kraft wants to do that. I wouldn't imagine. He seems like, and by all accounts, he's one of the best owners in the NFL. And, the, and by all accounts, they've been getting Mayo ready for this job. Yes. So if New England were to, to and it's it may not be popular amongst fans in New England, but if if Daniels and uh, May and uh, Caleb Williams go one two, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there with Drake Man, you're New England. There is a real element to. Can you get a couple ones for someone to move up into the third spot and take Drake May? Yeah. And if that's the case, you move down. And I wouldn't even necessarily bring in a veteran. If you do bring in a veteran, you don't bring in a good one. You, you don't. You don't have to bring in cousins. No. Yeah. You, 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 because New England's not ready for a bridge quarterback either. Mm-mm. Pittsburgh's ready for a bridge quarterback. Yes. Tampa was ready for a bridge quarterback, right? Like like Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins was health was healthy, that's where I'd go if I were Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, Baker and Kirk can win you playoff games. Absolutely. And the, and that was a roster that got close to the playoffs again last year. Yes. So if you're New England, 
probably the best thing for you if you don't believe that Drake May is the guy, but this is, I'll, I'll go to my grave. If you think Drake May or Jane Daniels, who's ever there at three, if you think they are a franchise You got to go get him. You don't give two S's yeah. about what's around. Draft him. Yeah, you need to make sure he doesn't go to the next franchise. Yes. Yeah. If Agreed. you think you're as a franchise guy, see Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. They had Alex Smith, and it was like, nope, we're going to trade up because we think this is the guy. If you ever think that there is a franchise quarterback, you pull the trigger. If you look at Drake May and you're like, eh, yeah, we like him, but you know, there's nothing special about him. Move down, stick with Mac Jones, get more capital, let someone else capital, take the guy. Yeah. Take another hit and and accept the fact that you're gonna kick rocks for the next year or two and you keep going. And because but that takes patience. Tanking works. It does. Yep, it does. Tanking works. Chicago. Chicago has 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 kind of done this. And Fields hasn't been very good, and they've traded back, and they've got all this draft capital. And, you know, they, they've got a chance to walk away with, now, let, let's say they get a, another one for Justin Fields. You know, they have a chance to walk away with Caleb Williams. Let's say you probably don't get Marvin Harrison Jr. At, at, at nine, but maybe neighbors, neighbors or Odunze. Or Odunze yeah. to go along with DJ Moore. And then you get another first-round pick or a late second, and you draft an, another starter with that. Like, this is how you this is how you build in Chicago kind of took their lumps. And so if you're New England and you're patient, you don't have to draft a quarterback at three if you aren't yeah. in love with him. Yeah. It's just that most franchises, most coaches, most GMs never feel comfortable doing that. See Carolina, like in Frank Reich. But good organizations give their coaches and give their GM leeway to kind of go through this and acquire picks and wait until you get a quarterback that you're really in love with. But make no mistake in the NFL, if you think a guy is a franchise quarterback, you do whatever you can to get your hands on him. And this is, don't ever listen to anyone that says that they're an expert in the draft uh, when it comes to, to, to quarterbacks because you don't know what someone thinks of a quarterback in a room. Right. Because that's all that matters. Yep. And again, go back to Pat Mahomes where everyone was like, why the hell is Kansas City moving up to take him? Numbers weren't that good. Wasn't that, didn't win that many games. They had a reason. When when you see a guy, you go out and, and you get him and, and, and you know you pull the trigger and hope that your evaluation is is right. Because if you're wrong, you look like an ass clown. If you're wrong, you end up with Mitch Trubisky. If you're wrong, you end up with Jake Locker. Uh, you know, on and on and on. But when you're right and you end up with uh, C.J. Stroud, look at Carolina right now. They're sitting there with Bryce Young and Houston sitting there with C.J. Stroud. One was right, one was wrong. Yep, absolutely. And, and, it, and it tips. Those two franchises couldn't be on different trajectories and they right and now. they were and they looked like they were parallels the yep. year before they both were you know crappy franchises that people were like and, and one made a great hire as a coach and one made uh a, a great pick uh at quarterback and the other one fired their coach and they've got what appears to be a maybe, project maybe the worst number one quarterback we've seen it's early this may be if this is what it is going forward from bryce young not only is this potentially going to be the worst number one pick we've seen since like Jamarcus Russell, this may set up set back the short Kings for years. <laughs> like, well, they also didn't help him at all. No, but when, when there, there's an, when you draft someone small and it fails and already, I mean, there are some guys that will go to their grave saying, I won't draft a quarterback under six foot period. End of story. I don't care. I'm not taking him. And all it takes is one, to, to, to be like, oh, this is the exception. And him for beat a bus for the rest of the NFL to look at him and be like, yeah. You know, remember I was really uh, set in my not drafting 5'9", 5'10", skinny quarterbacks? 
Bryce Young's got the ability to set back the short kings for years and years and years unless he can figure something out because it was is bad. This is as bad a, a, of a of an early quarterback as we've seen in a long, long time. Well, we need to uh, move over to the college game briefly because uh, Rick Pitino uh, threw his team under the bus. And then he threw some players under the bus. And then he backed the bus up and he rolled over him again. (laughs) That's coming up next. But first, Will with SportsCenter. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. This is the most unenjoyable experience of my entire life. This is one of the the no. great a-hole coach moves <laughs> of all time. No, I'm not talking about myself. I'm quoting the words of Rick Pitino. This is the most unenjoyable experience of my life. He said after getting a job back in Division One college basketball after all the things that he's been through. Uh, Rick Pitino, if you're not aware, is the head coach at St. John's University. They have not been great this season. They blew a 19-point lead uh, over the weekend and uh, to Seton Hall and lost that game. And uh, old Rick didn't hold back after that one. No, this is one of the great uh, is one of the great a hole rants in, in coach history. This stuff, this is Mike Leach, uh, Bill Parcells type yes. stuff. I I just I absolutely hate this crap. So I'm going to pick and choose a couple uh, excerpts because there it went on for a while, and I know that Sports Center cut it up, but there are a couple things in there I want to include that I think are really indicative of uh, kind of the a-holery that you talk about. But first, he says, uh, do we have crappy facilities? And he didn't use the word crappy. So yes, we do, but we're doing something about it. But that's not the reason we're losing. Having crappy facilities has nothing to do with guarding. Joel's slow laterally. laterally. He's not fast on the court. Chris Ledlum is slow laterally. Sean Conway is slow laterally. Brady Dunlap is physically weak. Drissa is slow laterally he's, he's basically calling out players by name, by name and then he and he says they're 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 he goes on to say we kind of lost this season the way we recruited we recruited to the antithesis of the way that I coach it's a good group they try hard but they're just not very tough it's not the job you could be at Missouri and recruit slow players believe me it's not St. John's so he basically that's pathetic goes out and says I assembled this team of nice guys but they suck at basketball essentially to go out and and 
and this is like it used to piss me off when Leach did this, but at least he just said O line. Sure. Like he, he he is literally individual players. He's literally calling. If I was one of those players, did I'd be like F you. Welcome to the transfer portal. What a bunch of crap. And this is the part that bothers me about Rick Patino and coaches like this. They demand accountability out of everyone but themselves. Like it's it's it, in no way this is your fault, Rick. No, this is this is all your players. I, every one of your players that you recruited sucks ass. Like this is this is where we're at. It's just for for someone like Rick Patino, a, a Hall of Fame legendary coach, to drop this crap, and and it gets worse when he you know when he talks about it being the the, the worst job he's ever had. Yep. You know, someone asked him if he regrets taking the job at St. John's. He's like, no, this isn't St. John's. This is about my team. Yeah. Way to way to be an expert motivator. I just this this absolute garbage. You're making how many millions? And then he says, we had to put the team together at the last second, and we will never ever do that again. Well, uh, who, whose fault is that, Rick? Yeah, this is the this that's is, not on the guys that you brought in. This is the Deion Sanders crap, right? In the middle of your season, when you talk about, oh, you, my O line sucks. Don't worry, I'll get a new one. It's just that. I don't know. It's just such a classless sort of thing. You know, there's there's a democratic way to go about this if you want to talk. And what what good does that do? What good does that do to go in front of the media and just rip your team to shreds and basically say that it's not effort, it's not they're just slow and they're they're not good? I have an answer for you, Jason, and this is this is even maybe more amazing than the initial comments because he was asked yesterday those comments came on Sunday after his loss. He was asked on Monday about those comments and if he regretted any of that. And he said, I was pointing out exactly, in a monotone voice, why we lost. I am not always calm, and certainly not when I rip someone. I was not ripping anybody. Sometimes I want my players to hear my words and read my words. That was my intention Sunday. I just So he basically says, yeah, I was calling those guys out, and I wanted them to hear me. I why just, can't you go tell them then, Rick? Why do you have to air them out in front of the whole country? I just And I'm, I'm a little sensitive to this because my offensive line coach, uh, who's dead now, uh, and like I don't want anyone to die. He was the worst human being that I ever encountered in coaching. Uh, this is the same thing. Like w- when I was uh, I was battling uh, neck problems, I had a fun case of spinal stenosis, a mm. narrowing of the spinal column, and I would go numb from getting hit. And so they would take uh, painkillers and numbers and shoot them into my neck, which was real fun. Until they d- they decided that uh, after multiple ones of those that I shouldn't do that anymore because it could be causing paralysis. So I was getting sent to, and I've told the story. I was I, I was on my way to practice, and they were like, "No, you you need to go. We're we're going to send you. You need to get an MR on your neck. We're we're worried about that. This could be something serious, like potentially career ending, like life altering type stuff." And my offensive line coach stopped me in the hallway on my way to get undressed to go get an MRI. I've never been more nervous in my life, and he called me a coward. <laughs> he called me a bitch. And said that uh, I would never play again because I'm going to let them do this, and they're going to. That I'm letting everyone down, and if I want to be basically, if I want to be a p word, just go ahead and let them do this because I don't deserve to play. God. And I ended up playing the rest of that year, and uh, they weren't allowing me to take any more uh, injections. So I played the rest of the year in just horrific pain. And at the end of the season, he came up to me. And said how proud he was of me, and he did that because he knew it would motivate me oh. to suck it up and 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 want to play hard. What a great coach! And my response to him was "f you," and I was so happy when he got his ass fired at the end of the year. <laughs> That's the sort of like 
Really? So you go in front of media, you go in front of everybody, and you rip your team to shreds, and you say that they're slow and they're unathletic, and I didn't want them? And I'm not necessarily against guys ripping their team, but it's the individual call-outs that I think are completely bogus. For guys that are busting their ass for you, that signed up to play for you, and, and you gave them the opportunity, and now you're saying it's their fault for not being... I mean, he's blaming their physical abilities. What can they do about that? They're also kids. Yeah. Like, it would be... It would still be poor form, but you could do that to an NBA player. Yes, right. If Doc Rivers went out and he blamed Giannis, blamed Dame, said Brooke Lopez was slow, that's one thing. Those guys are making millions. You start ripping on kids that are anywhere from eighteen to twenty-two. I just have no respect for you. Well, it's poor form, and and it's being a bully, and you know you can do it. You know that you're not really going to get in trouble because what's St. John's going to do? Are they going to fire Rick Pitino? No, because that's the only way to get him in. This is why college coaches to me are worse than any pro coach because you can't get away with this crap in the pros. But in college, when you got your thumb over them, you can do this crap, which is why even though everyone hates NIL and like the transfer portal and all this, and I get it, it's, it's made for a weird, awkward world. In a lot of ways, I love it because it gives dumbasses like this, um, it, it, it gives them some accountability. Well, and it, you, and, it, and it gives players who are under the thumb of a dumbass exactly. like this another chance. You want to be an ass, and and you want to be, and maybe dudes just want to sign up and go play for Rick Pitino, and and it doesn't matter. Maybe he'll get a, a new group of people. You pay him enough with NIL and all that. But I love the fact that kids aren't beholden anymore to this. Like you just, I would hope that the days of being an over the top, uh, just. Uh, what do you say, like like dictator bully? Red ass. And, yeah, it's and, like and, coach, But even beyond that. It, yeah, yeah, coaches all the time be like, man, it's it sucks after recruit my own team. And, and, and I get, in some ways that does suck. Like that, you, that you, every year you have to recruit your own players. But at the same time. That's the job now, man. That's the job. And, and does it suck for you because you actually have to have some accountability and you have to make it in an environment that your kids actually want to be at? Because there's one thing. We all say, oh, a kid will leave to take more money. I'm sure there's an element to that, but also if you're an ass and it's not an enjoyable experience, that kid does have the ability to go somewhere else. And so I, I do think in some ways it forces coaches to to be mindful of how they treat their players. And if ultimately that leads to to coaches like Dan Lanning or or whoever, um, you know that that still that, that you can you can be uh, you can be tough. Nick Saban, you can be tough. You can be a disciplinarian, but you can't be Rick Pitino. Yep. You just you can't not in this day and age. I just I, I have I have no respect. I have no respect for comments like this when you're when you're you're literally calling guys out and saying that they're slow, you didn't want them and they're not athletic. I have a problem when Deion Sanders does it. I have a problem when Mike Leach did it. Mike Leach called Dylan Johnson, that running back from Washington that played the entire basically this season on one leg. Yeah. Who was just, As a beast, by the way. That dude put uh, the amount of effort and pain that that guy played through. Remember, that's the guy that Mike Leach at Mississippi State said was soft and he wanted off the team. Just just saying. Yep. No, rest in peace, Mike Leach. And I love Mike Leach as a person, but he would do this type of stuff. And it just if that's your way of motivating, if that's Rick Patino's way of motivating, get out of the 1950s, Bob Knight. <laughs> Grow up. One more story before we get to the club. It's not a priority to me, said the man making almost $700,000 a game. <laughs> That's next on The Fan. Prime time with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back. One more quick segment before we hit the club. Coming up in the club, I uh, haven't seen anything on the Vancouver Ford text line about this just yet, but I did tease this for Souk earlier. We got a kind of a dealer's choice of stories 
What is crossing the line for vengeance from an Airbnb host? Uh, what illicit activities shut down a Northern California library? And the OnlyFans-related manhunt in Russia? Those are the things that we can get into in the club. So many good things. But, the, but, Air, the Airbnb horror stories are, are like, that stuff is spooky. Well, this one led to a lawsuit uh, and potentially broke up a marriage. So we'll, we'll, oh. we'll get to that. Uh, but first, I want to go over to baseball. I saw this story this morning. Uh, it's spring training. They were interviewing all the superstars as yep. they check into camp. Anthony Rendon got a nice fat contract from the Angels after winning the World Series with the Nationals a few years back. He's been a guy who's been injured a lot. He didn't have a good season last year. And he was asked this morning about the notion that he had considered retiring. And uh, for context, I'll give the whole Q&A here, but they asked him, what's your mindset right now? And he says, my enthusiasm's been the same since I got drafted. I was actually deleting old emails as my storage was filling up. So I'm going back through, and I emailed myself a pros and cons about why I wanted to stay in the game. This was 10 years ago in 2014. My thought process of the game hasn't changed since then, and I've kept, I kept making it this long. So he doesn't really answer the question, but he said, and they said, well, how does your pro and con list compare? He said, it's a lot different. I'm married now. I have four kids now. My priorities have changed since I was in my 20s. So definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. Then the reporter asks, is it a top priority for you? He says, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith and my family come first before this job. So those things, uh, if those things come before it, I, if those things don't come before it, I'm leaving. And they said, is it a priority? B- baseball, that is. He says, just oh, trying to find something. sure, it's a priority because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> they said, do you want to be here? His response, I don't want to be talking to you guys at 7 a.m. or whatever time it is. They said, well, do you want to be here playing baseball for the Angels? And he says, I've answered your question. Why do you keep picking at it? And he hasn't even answered the question. Um, they owe him, by the way, $38 million for, I think, three or four more years. And, and so he is a guy yeah. who he's got three years left. And uh, at $38 million per, he ain't going anywhere. He may not like it. He may not make it a priority. But you know what he does like? $38 million a year. And listen, I get that throughout sports, uh, even now collegiate sports with NIL, but especially in pro sports, there are some guys who are ridiculously talented and don't really have a love or passion for the game. That, that does happen. We have seen that. It's not super common. Most people just completely dedicate themselves to it and happen to like it a little bit or have some passion for it. Yeah. Maybe he did at one point and has lost that a little bit since. But, like, you know, Ricky Williams said, like, I'm, yeah, I'm great at playing football and running a football, but, like, it's not my favorite thing. I don't love it. Like, there have there've been guys like that. Manny Ramirez said that once. Yeah. It was Manny that said, like, win or lose, basically I'll, I'll be fine. But I guess over the last three years, he's only been averaging playing about 58 games a year, Rendon has. And it's been coming out to him earning a a little less than $700,000 per game he plays. Uh, Last year, he hit two home runs for the Angels uh, before they had to shut him down. It's, It's not going especially well. If you're, I mean, I know fans have a problem with this. How do you sit on the guys who are like, you know, that's just my job. It's not my top priority. I mean, again, I, I, this is a little bit to me like the All Star, you know, game conversation we have. How, how do, do you, you make ma- a guy care? How do you make a guy care that doesn't care? Like his contract is guaranteed. This is why some people hate guaranteed contracts, and I, I get it. But you, you gave him, you gave him thirty eight million bucks a year for the, the last. I mean, he's been making this for, oh uh, gosh, yeah, what the last three or four years? Last, it was like it was like a seven year deal that he signed. Yeah, for the last, yeah, they, they signed him to a. Two hundred plus million dollar contract. I think it was two fifteen over seven. Uh, seven years, two forty five. Oh, two forty five over seven. There you go. They gave him two hundred forty five million dollars. What are you going to do if you give someone two hundred forty? This is this is the dangerous part about any any sport. 
when you give a guy $245 million, and we, we've talked about this on the, on the, the program, no matter what job it is, let's say you work at, you work at McDonald's or, and you're a lawyer, you're a sports radio host, uh, you're a teacher, all of those things, right? And someone comes and gives you $35 million. And it's yours no matter what. And all you got to do is show up to work. That's it. Show up to McDonald's every day and you make your fries, you mop the floor, we work the fryer later. And you don't have to go above and beyond. You don't have to put in Whatever. extra work. You, you just, don't have to watch film. You just show up. You show up and you get $35 million. Whether you you move uh, you know, all the McNuggets out or whether you sell no McNuggets, $35 million. bucks. How many of how many people performance would go up and how many people's performance would go down? Most would go down. Well, and, and this is the so we, we we like to believe in athletics. Um that the pride and the competitive spirit, you know, kicks in. And for a lot of it, it does. But when you're Randone and you're looking at the end of your career, because he'll be he'll be 37 when this is done. He ain't signing another one. This is this this happens quite a bit to, to people. And I don't think it's a it's a it's a Randone problem. I don't think it's a baseball problem. I just think it's a it's a person problem because he wouldn't have done this at, at 26. No, he went out at 27 because he didn't have 300 million dollars sitting in the bank. Yeah. But when you give someone that money, this is like, I hate that mama mentality. That drives me crazy. Mama mentality is just a reason to, like, you, you can be an a-hole and be like, oh, I got that mama mentality. <laughs> but there is an element to, if you're motivated like Kobe, or you're motivated like Michael or LeBron or, or, or someone like that, that's what drives you. You just want to rip someone's heart out. I think there's way more people like Rendon and like Randy Moss. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that come to mind. Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. I think there's more of those guys than there are the Michaels and the Kobe's and, uh, and, and like Bryce Harper, I think is one of these, like where you just, you'll do anything. Like it's, yeah. it, you just, you, you'll win no matter what the cost. So, I mean, no one wants to hear it because, you know, we have this idea of, well, if I had $35 million if a year. If was paying me that, you better believe I'd bust my ass. Yeah. Well, again, I ask, Some don't. I ask if you were doing your job and someone came to you tomorrow and said, here's $35 million and it doesn't matter how well you do your job. I think the vast majority of people get worse. They don't get better. And sports, sports is no, no different than that. It just, it's, it's crappy for the fans. <laughs> it's, like if you're an Angels fan, already your team sucks. And you've had two MVPs, you've had two of the best players in baseball for years, and you still suck. Mm-hmm. And you know going into this year that you're going to suck even worse. And a guy that you're paying that much money to just comes out and is like, meh. It's, it stinks. Meanwhile, you've got Trout over there saying, I don't want him to trade me. I'd like management to go make a big splash. But if they trade me, there's nothing I can do. Trout, you know. Things no, are not going well no over there in Anaheim. Probably, no one would blame Mike Trout. If no. He just was like, yeah, it's time to. It's time to it's time to hit the bricks. So no fans like to hear this, but unfortunately, I, I think there's more athletes, uh, more athletes like this than than we realize. Uh, well, it's time to shut down the sports portion of the program, and we're going to move on to the club next, where we will discuss uh, waging war via Airbnb, a Ukrainian based OnlyFans or a Ukrainian Russian OnlyFans manhunt, and a library shutdown for illicit activity. That's all coming up next in the club. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.